Bronte, a stillbirth is the birth of a baby without signs of life after 20 weeks gestation. Um, it is a major unaddressed public health problem. Mm. And one in every 137 women who reach 20 weeks gestation will have a stillborn child. That's about six babies a day. Um, but it still remains a taboo topic. Mm. Um, and we're we know that it's an extremely sad experience for everyone involved because we have a, a local couple here who have experienced it themselves. Um, and we understand the importance of spending time with that stillborn baby um, to create memories and also you need to grieve. So yeah. we do want to wo- welcome now Beck Post and Matt Baker. Morning, guys. Good morning. How are you going? Yeah, very well. Thank you very much for taking some time out this morning um, to have a chat to us about your experience. Can you start us off, Beck, by telling us the story of Mia and Baker? Yeah, for sure. So in August last year, Matt and I were getting excited to welcome our second baby. So we were, you know, preparing and we were 35 and a half weeks pregnant and Matt and I went to the hospital because I couldn't get Mia to move. And um, we were given a heartbreaking blow that her heart had stopped beating so we were very quickly thrown into reality that we had a dead baby and we had to prepare our life now to bring a dead baby into the world and then what do you do with it after? So um, we have, at the time, we had an 18-month-old who we had to try and she was excited that she was going to be a big sister and at the same time we had to help her process that she had to say goodbye to her baby sister. So for us, it was, you know... Something you know, we went to the hospital because we thought that they were just going to be like, Oh, you know, your baby was just being a bit lazy, it's fine, like all good, go home. But in a matter of four words, there is no heartbeat, our world was destroyed. How, how did that make you feel? You said that your world was destroyed. What, what were the emotions yeah. that you guys went through at that moment? Yeah, in the exact moment when we were in the ultrasound and he put the like Doppler thing on my belly and we saw the screen and it was just a black blank screen of a very still baby. I didn't even know I was capable of producing a scream that left my body. I was just, my whole body was numb and I was just screaming. And I remember like looking over and forgetting that Matt was even in the room. And then he was distraught and I was just like, literally just screaming. I couldn't stop myself. And I just, then this all of a sudden this rage came over me and I was angry at the man who had just told me my baby was dead but that was his job. Mm. But it was just this go from this numb to this anger to this denial in like fluctuating in a matter of seconds. It's just changing so quickly. No, fair enough. And 35 and a half weeks is, it's very late in the pregnancy to to experience that. Did they give you any kind of reasoning or give you what happened? So they think that, um, we might have had a, um, a concealed placental abruption. So apart from I couldn't get Mia to move, I had no pain, no bleeding, no signs of any sort of distress. I felt a bit run down, but who doesn't at that stage of pregnancy? So there was no signs. So it wasn't until I was labouring that they started to show a bit of signs that maybe my placenta had detached halfway and had created a pool of blood. So... When that happens, you have 30 seconds before the blood supply stops to your baby and three minutes before they're brain dead. So you don't have a lot of time when you don't know that it's happened, let alone when you do know. So that's otherwise medically, all of our tests have come back that we have a perfect baby and Mia is a perfect baby and it makes it harder to grieve when you don't know why. 
Like if you read a textbook, you would read my pregnancy as a textbook pregnancy and then for whatever reason she died and you can hold on to we think you had a concealed placental abruption but we don't actually know. How have the days been? You've had like a Mother's Day since Christmas mm-hmm. Day. Obviously, you've got your current daughter. Is it Sophie? Sophie, yeah. Yep. So she, you've got an amazing daughter that obviously you still need to take care of and give 100% of your attention to. But how have those yeah. days been? How, have the grieving, how has the grieving process been for, for Christmas Day, Mother's Day, things like that? Yeah, I think, you know, Matt can probably speak of this more than I can, but two days after we buried Mia was Father's Day. Oh, wow. So... Yeah, so for Matt, you know, you could probably... Yeah, so Father's Day, it was was very hard, obviously, because we don't think... Mia had passed away all of... Probably about 11 days, 12 days before that, so... It's... Yeah, she was probably almost meant to be born, essentially, right near Father's Day, but it's... Yeah, it was pretty heartbreaking, and it wasn't a very exciting day, and I don't know how it's going to be, you know, this year, next year, and going forwards, but... It's, I think it's going to be hard every year for, for the rest of my life. And it's I remember, Oh, sorry, you go. Yeah. I remember Christmas being really hard that I was so angry that it was coming and I couldn't make it not come. And I was trying so desperately to make a Christmas for Soph because she was starting to get to an age that she understood opening presents and the excitement of Christmas and... I wanted to be at a cemetery with my baby, but I needed to be a mum for Soph. And I was angry that everyone around us and our families were making plans for Christmas and come for lunch and come for dinner and do this. And how could anyone go on and pretend like it hadn't have happened? Mm -hmm. So it came and we were out at the cemetery first thing in the morning and the only thing that made it the smallest bit better was that there was other families there visiting their babies and you didn't feel so alone like you were the only person that your baby was dead mm-hmm. and you could see that they were grieving. You know, some people had visiting their babies that had died 10 years ago. Some of them were the same year as us. So the only way that you can deal with those days as they come is take the emotions as they hit you straight in the face because you can't. You know, I could prepare myself and I had plans of what I wanted to do each Christmas and Mother's Day, but rocking up at a cemetery on Christmas morning was shit. Mm, no, absolutely. And as Sam mentioned, the statistics of this happening, was there any comfort that you found in an online community about women who had gone through similar situations or families that had experienced what you and Matt had just gone through? Yeah, so... When Mia first passed away, um, Bloss, the local support group in Wagga, actually reached out to us. And um, Megan, who runs it, we've actually known for a very long time. And she reached out to us. And she was one of the first people that was able to get me to leave the house and go and do anything in public. And we went to um, her rememorative walk um, with all of the other, you know, bereaved families and sitting there, that was in October and we lost Mia in the August and sitting there as they read through a list of babies that people were there to remember for the day was a comfort because you do feel like you're just alone. You feel like no one else understands your grief and until you go to a support group like that, you don't realise that it happens. Mm. So Bloss was something that really, I know it helped me a lot. 
and we still have a lot to do with BLOSS. Fantastic. To, um, here and across um, Australia. And so this then developed into the Facebook page, Memories for Mia. Yeah. Yeah, so we decided that after Mia died, a lot of our friends, like I was 23 when we lost Mia, and a lot of our friends didn't know how to talk to us about it. Our families didn't know what to do. People saw us down the street and they just awkwardly stared at us or you saw them cross the road. Because, you know, obviously the topic of a, a baby that's died is not something people want to talk about. And Matt and I so desperately wanted to people to understand that the taboo around a baby dying doesn't need to be there. Someone isn't going to run at you across the street and yell at you, do you know my baby's dead? But we want people to understand that if you see us, sometimes just smiling across the street is enough to know that you, you know, you feel uncomfortable, but you don't want us to, you know, talk about it. Or we created the group so that people know that bereaved parents actually like when you say our babies' names. When people say, oh, Mia and Sophie are beautiful, or it's so nice what you've done for Mia, it makes us for a moment think that other people remember her and it helps with our grief because she hasn't just been pushed to the back and forgotten about. So we thought that if we started the Facebook group, people would understand that it's okay to talk about babies. It's by no means okay that babies die, but it's okay to talk about the fact that they do die. And if we could put ourselves in a vulnerable position by sharing our story and it makes one other person feel like, you know, stepping up and saying, do you know what, that happened to me? And, you know, it helping someone else through their grief or someone else realise that, when a family member loses their baby, how they help them through the process. So that's why we did it. We just wanted to be able to, you know, one, make people remember Mia because, you know, we remember her and we want other people to remember her and know that she is our perfect little baby. Mm. Um, Matt, how has the response been from the page? I guess it's probably harder for blokes to talk about this type of thing than, uh, than women. Um, how has that been in your, your side of things? Uh, in response to the page, yeah, we had, um, we've advertised our raffle, um, which was our first fundraising event for the Cuddle Cot. Um, we've got a fair few tickets purchased already, but we're not near our goal yet. And the goal is $6,500 to buy our first Cuddle Cot for Wagga and Surrounds. So what tells so us about the cuddlecock? Because yeah. obviously that's that's a massive thing that you guys are trying to achieve, and it's not for you guys; it's for for future people who are in the same situation. So it's amazing that you are wanting to do this. Can you tell us a bit about yeah the cuddlecock? So when you first deliver your baby, a stillborn, um, at the hospital they have a cuddlecock, which is a bassinet with a big cooling mat in the bottom of it, mm-hmm. and it just helps keep the preserve is a better word the baby. And it prolongs your opportunities to um, spend time with them, make memories, and just spend time with them before you get to say goodbye. So once you leave the hospital, there's nowhere for you to like hire one or borrow one or anything like that. So during our experience and just after, we've spoken to Josh Paul at um, Alan Harris, which is the funeral home we um, were dealing with, and we told him that we'd like to raise money to purchase a cuddle cot for Wagga in conjunction with Josh. Um, 
so that's it's and it's it'll be for Josh to distribute to whoever needs it, and it gives our family opportunities to take them home or take them to a family's house, or you know they can take them out away from the funeral home and be able to make those few memories and with the limited time that they have, mm. and that's ideally that is exactly what we want to um, achieve: is purchase one for another family to hopefully make more memories and have more opportunities to make memories than what we did. That's an incredible legacy that you are starting for Mia. And so you mentioned a raffle, which is how we can bring this cuddle cot to Wagga. What exactly do you need us to do? So a ticket is $5 and you go in the draw to win a nice accommodation up at the Chemo Estate, which is up near Gundagai there. Very nice. Uh, yeah, so it's one night stay, breakfast included, and they were the first people that donated um, to our cause because we were going to have a trivia night and a fun day. So we did have other, obviously other prizes and that to give away, and they were the first ones to donate. So we're very uh, appreciative of them, and hopefully we can yeah raise some more money and purchase our first cuddle cup. Yeah, so they can jump on our Facebook page where you can see our flyer, which has the bank account details. They will transfer the money into our bank with um, their phone number and their name and we'll write out the tickets and they go into the door to win a pretty cool prize. Amazing. Get on board the Memories for Mia Facebook page. Um, Just quickly too, we'll touch on it. We touched on it before, but we didn't get an answer. How has the response been from the page? Because obviously a lot of people are scared to talk about this topic. You said people on the street find it awkward and they think they're doing the right thing by being quiet about it. But it's so important to talk about it like you guys have done. So our hats off go to you. But yeah, how has the response been? And Matt, I want to ask specifically from from a male perspective, has it been hard for your mates to talk about it? Yeah, it has. I have one mate that he has come out um, to visit Mia with me a few times. He'll ring me, see what I'm doing. If I'm on my way out there, I'll swing past his house and pick him up. So um, he's probably the one that's spoken to me the most about it. But we have friends that we have dinner with every week. And the bikes there, they'll talk about Mia and, you know, talk about Mia to us and that. And Josh, Paul got me into Pillars of Strength. They're the male side of um, bereaved parents, I suppose. And they have a Facebook page with um, that's organised by a couple of local blokes. They have a golf day and that. And um, Josh, Josh is probably he brought me that group, and it's been really good. Obviously, COVID, we can't catch up as much, but we, um, yeah, we had plans to catch up every month, just the fathers and that. But obviously, COVID, yeah, we can't do that. But um, as for mates, yeah, they have been supporting. They do check on me every now and again, and when they need to, and when they know that. They should. So, yeah, they have been pretty good. And the page, I think we've got a lot of response from them, from the page. And, um, yeah. We've had a lot of messages on our page. As you know, when you put up a post, people message and say, a lot at the very start, a lot of people didn't realise how often stillbirth happens. Mm-hmm. And people see, you know, you have one perfect pregnancy of Sophie and you deliver her and nothing goes wrong and... People don't ever think, like, we didn't think that it was going to happen to us. So as we put our story up, we've had people, like, there's people from Singapore and America and who are on our page who have messaged us and said, you know, my baby is in a cemetery in America and we can't 
visit them like you get to visit in Australia or we've had people reach out to us who you know 50 years ago lost a baby and it was different back then they weren't allowed to see their baby after they delivered them so I think from our page we've had lots of people reach out and say that it has happened to us and we didn't know that it was okay to actually talk about the fact that it did happen or a lot of people who have reached out and said like crap I didn't know that that's what you endure when you have you know, our baby died. We didn't know you were allowed to do that kind of stuff. You know, we had professional photographer come to the funeral home and people said, you know, I didn't know that you could do something like that until we read your post that that's what happened. So I think for our page, it's a way of people being, taking a step back and kind of understanding. No one can understand what we've been through, but having a small insight into what it's like for parents with a baby that's died. It's so uncomfortable, but it's so, so important to talk about it. So our hats do go off to you guys. Um, go straight to the Memories for Me Facebook page if you can and donate. Let's get a cuddle cot here to help other grieving parents in the future have some time with their baby before Absolutely. they die. Um, Beck and Matt, thank you so much for your time this morning. We really appreciate it and good luck for the future. Thank you so awesome. much. Awesome. Thank you.